Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the TR90 Body Burn 30 Support Call. This call happens Monday through Friday at this time, which for me is 6.40 in the morning. It is 7.40 Mountain Time, 8.40 Texas Time, 9.40 Michigan and East Coast Time. Thrilled to have you along with us. If you ever miss these calls, you can pick them up on Sound, S-O-U-N-D, Cloud, C-L-O-U-D. Put in TR90 and... Frank Lomas, and they will pop up. If you get your podcast through a different service other than SoundCloud, if you put in Frank, F-R-A-N-K, Lomas, L-O-M-A-S, and TR90, they could well pop up. Or if you put in Frank Lomas and Solutions, the digit four, anti-aging, they it could well pop up as well. For those of you that don't know who I am, I'm Susan Mann out of Portland, Oregon, welcoming you to this call on the 7th of March, 2022. I come to you with an education background in that I'm a teacher and I've had a huge interest in health, nutrition, and um, exercise since I was in high school, since I had grandparents that were not in the best physical health. And so I've always done a lot of things over the course of the years to mitigate some of the effects of what the heart disease and the adult onset diabetes would have in my family on me. So when you're first starting out with that TR90 program, it is a good clean lean meal a day, two shakes a day, three snacks a day, uh, 30 grams of protein at at least three of those meals. If you're a really large person, you may need to go to a fourth meal with 30 grams of protein or increase the grams of protein for those three meals. Taking your supplements 15 to 20 minutes before a meal is optimum. If you're not able to take that 15 to 20 minutes before, do take it with your meal because it'll still work. It's just not quite as effective as it would have been had you taken it 15 to 20 minutes before the meal. Getting plenty of rest, seven to nine hours of rest daily is optimum. Um, If you're not at least at the seven-hour mark, uh, you can increase wherever you're at. Start with wherever you're at. Try going to bed 15 minutes early until your body adjusts to that and gets you that 15 minutes. Then bump it up another 15 minutes until you're getting adequate rest. Adequate rest really does um, help your brain function well, help your body function well overall, and helps you make really good decisions about um, planning your meals out and with uh, making good choices. Drinking plenty of fluid to stay hydrated. The current thinking is at least one ounce of water for every two pounds you weigh. So if, for example, you weigh 100 pounds, you should be drinking a minimum of 50 ounces of water. And water is your optimum hydration um, tool, but some teas and juices do count, but realize that there's some offsets with um, those because it may be calories because... It's juice and it's got sugar in it or it's tea or coffee and it's got caffeine in it. So do keep that in mind. Making sure to get 30 minutes 
of moderate to heavy exercise (coughs) at least five days a week. And that's another key component to this program. It is a lifestyle change. You're changing your lifestyle so that you're being more active. You're getting your adequate sleep and adequate nutrition. And if you're exercising super heavily or if you're in a very humid area, you'll probably need to increase the amount of fluid you're drinking to stay hydrated because you'll be perspiring a lot out and you need to offset that as well. Seven plus servings of fruits and vegetables every single day. Um, The closer you get to their natural state, the more fiber they have, um, depending on how they're fixed, more um, micronutrients, macronutrients. The fiber is really good to keep things moving through your digestive system. And men need about 45 ounces of, or not 45 ounces, 45 grams of fiber. Women need about 40 ounce, uh, 40 grams of fiber, so do keep that in mind. And when I say closer to its natural state, where it's not modified, um, applesauce is good, but the whole apple is better, as an example. Uh, just because there's more fiber in the whole apple, and you're getting nutrients not only from the peel, but also from what's inside the apple. Let's see, I think we I think we've touched on everything. So I'm always looking for things to share with you that will help support that TR ninety lifestyle. And today I'm sharing some information out of a book that's called Fat Chance, Beating the Odds Against Sugar, Processed Food, Obesity and Disease. It was written by Robert H. Lustig. Lustig is spelled L U S T I G M D M S L. And I've been sharing with you recently how um, sugar has invaded our whole food culture and why it's important to make sure that you're doing your best to eliminate it. This chapter is entitled Epilogue, Not a Top-Down, But a Bottom-Up Movement. And it quotes Frank Zappa first off. Politics is the entertainment branch of industry, quoted by Frank Zappa. In the preceding chapters, I have attempted to link the science of the obesity pandemic to the existing policy. In the process, I hope I have provided a new thought process and a new direction by looking backward. What is clear is that the Few are profiting by playing the politics of obesity to their advantage at the expense of the many. We've seen this movie before. We saw it with tobacco. Science was subverted for years before the tobacco documents laid bare the corruption of the industry. Not only did the industry consistently hide its findings, but as my UCSF colleagues Marsha Wirtz and Stanton Glantz found the industry's malfeasance even encompassed fabricating and doctoring data, which in the scientific world is the greatest of crimes. Time for the trial. How does the district 
attorney ascribe culpability? There are three components to successful prosecution. The first is association, the second is motive, and the slam dunk is, quote, the smoking gun. Recall the fight with the big tobacco? The association between smoking and lung cancer dates to 1964 with the first Surgeon General's report. The motive became clear in the 1980s when research documented the action of nicotine on the brain's addictive addiction center. But it wasn't until the whistleblower pointed the way to the now famous smoking gun documents that big tobacco's callous disregard for its own customers was exposed. Does this analogy work for big food? The association of our food environment with obesity and metabolic syndrome is incontrovertible. We even have causation. Motive is also a no-brainer. The American food industry produces 3,900 calories per person per day with about 29% wastage. But we should rationally eat 1,800 to 2,000 calories. Who eats the difference? We do. Throughout evolution, humans could eat only a fixed amount, but today with the amount, but today that amount is limitless because as this book has shown, the high sugar, low fiber, industrial global diet actually makes us hungrier. What about that smoking gun? Big food is big tobacco. Philip Morris equals Altria equals Kraft. General Foods, Jello, and Post, JRJ equals Nabisco. Does the food industry know what it's doing? Does it know it has hijacked our evolutionary biochemistry for its benefit and our detriment? We'll probably never find the smoking gun for obesity as the industry has learned its lesson about leaving stray documents around. But we've already lost one generation of kids. It's time to hold big foods feet to the fire to compel it to undo what it has done to our diet in the name of quote-unquote progress and in quotes profit. Given what it and we now know... If it doesn't change, that will be the smoking gun. But there will be no prosecutions. Big Tobacco was convinced by a federal judge of RICO racketeering and tobacco executives lost their jobs for lying to Congress. They were investigated for perjury, but none went to jail, nor were any forced to pay penalties. Huge civil settlements generated windfalls for the state governments, but nothing for you. Still not convinced? Let's take another example, the economic collapse of 2008. The corporate CEOs were guilty as hell, but not one went to jail. The government financed $777 billion, with a B, for corporate bailouts, but none for you. Likewise, there's no chance that any food company executive will ever be held liable. Hell, with what they're doing, it hell, what they're doing is illegal. 
Worse yet, the executive and legislative branches of our government are clearly lined up behind the food industry. The Farm Bill subsidizes the commodity crops that are killing us, and the USDA continues to promote the U.S. food industry both here and abroad. And the judicial branch hasn't acted yet, in part because the public hasn't mobilized as they still believe a calorie remains a calorie. For now. No, my friends, (coughs) this won't be solved from top down, but will have to be a bottom-up movement. You can't expect government to do the right thing. You have to coerce it into doing the right thing. When there are more votes at stake than dollars, that's when legislators will come around. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm going to take some coffee here to see if that calms that cough. But that's not the reason to be daunted. In a democracy, the public has power. A good example is seatbelts. Today, you'll never consider getting behind the wheel without fastening your seatbelt. But this notion is relatively new. Although the U.S. federal mandate to fit cars with seatbelts was passed in 1968, there was no federal mandate to use them. The first mandatory seatbelt law was enacted in Australia in 1970. Did Australia know that wearing seatbelts would save lives? No. It hadn't been done before. It just seemed like a good public health measure. The big three fought seatbelt laws for years, and the U.S. passengers continued to die. It wasn't until Mothers Against Drunk Drivers made such a stink in every state house that mandatory seatbelt laws started appearing from 1984 to 1993. To this day, seatbelt legislation consists of 50 state mandates with nothing at the federal level a bottom-up movement that worked. And there are many more examples, smoking bans in public areas, toxic waste cleanups, narcotic enforcement. The public outcry is a powerful force for change, and it can work in obesity. I am proud to be part of an advocacy group in Walnut Creek, California, called the Wellness City Challenge. And their website is www.wellnesscitychallenge, all spelled out, no spaces, dot com. Led by Cindy Gershon. This woman is a true force of nature, espousing real food to combat disease and promote happiness. She has almost single-handedly mobilized the mayor's office the Chamber of Commerce, and the Board of Education, Kaiser Permanente, and other hospitals, the Restaurant Association, and the local Safeway supermarkets, and Cisco, S-Y-S-C-O, the food procurement company, to completely retool every public food venue in the cities of Martinez and Concord for one year. The vending machines have been restocked with apples and oranges, There's nary a soda to be found. As part of the intervention, students at Mount Diablo High School are learning to cook by serving real food for the teachers at breakfast. 
the kids can't believe the teachers are losing weight and happy to come to work and teach. And now they themselves want real food instead of stuff from their traditional fast food concessions. This demonstration project has many supporters, including the American Heart Association, and has caught the eye of many benefactors who see the power in the message. Hopefully you do too. While this book is about the dispassionate science and logic of obesity, how can it help individuals and society? I'm a human being as well. I get sick when I think of what's happening to us, our country, and our planet. This book is my outcry for a better world for our children. Time to cry out, and just maybe our children will inherit the earth. And with that, we've reached the end of this. I am going to take us off mute so we can say goodbye to each other. At the top of the hour, if you move over to Facebook, One Team Global Live, one of our leaders will be sharing some information on how to excuse me, build your new skin business. This is Susan Mann for March 7th, 2022, signing out. And I hope you have a really great day and get in that 30 minutes of moderate to heavy exercise today. That's one way to get this started. So I hope you found that enjoyable, my friends. With that, if there's no other comments, I am going to let you all go. I hope you have a great day. And we'll see you back here tomorrow with something new and different to share with you. Have a great day, one and all.